Hey guys, what's up? For this installment of Find Your Film, Teenage Euthanasia, I have the co-creators Allison Levy and Alyssa Nutting for this particular episode. It's about a 12-ish minute interview and very cool stuff. Especially if you're into animated shows, I would say definitely check this one out. It's a very interesting concept. The Fantasy Family, they live in inland Florida in the near future. They are employees. They live within a funeral home. It's called, I believe it's called the Tender Endings Funeral Home. And the Fantasy Family, the matriarch is Grandma Baba. She wants to be independent and live her own life. Her adult kids are Uncle Pete and Trophy. And her Grandma Baba's granddaughter is Euthanasia. I like... That's her name. I like to call her. She's also known as Annie. I prefer the name Annie. It's a lot more memorable and it's a lot less existential than the name Euthanasia. So again, this fantasy family is very interesting because they each are very separate kind of individuals. Uncle Pete is very clinging to his mom. Grandma Baba is just very, wants to do her own thing. Like I said, Trophy is came back from the dead because she committed suicide years ago, and but she's back. And she's back to raise her daughter, and much to her surprise. Very dark stuff when you come to think of the plot synopsis, but it's, again, in this interview, I I asked both of them about not playing to the crowd and just playing to not a select audience, but just really crafting stories that come from their own respective lives, and it's just completely transformed into... Or shoehorned, I'm shoehorned in the best way, of course, into this show. The idea behind being a writer, like I really know what that is, but is what's the cliche? Write your own story. And even though it's a set in a funeral home in Florida and each of these individual characters are outsiders, it's really, it sounds fantastical, but I, I really loved how very personal teenage euthanasia feels, at least for me. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it, it, it's just a... Well, I mean, for you, for people who have seen it, please tell me what you think of, of the show. Does it work for you? Is the humor completely off the wall and too eclectic or eccentric for you? But for me, it just hit the sweet spot, and I really love this program. Now, here, there are 10, new, 10 all-new episodes for season two, and the second season features the voices of, including Ann Dowd, Chris Redd, Jay Smith Cameron, Janelle James... Kieran Culkin, Sophia Bush, and Tim Heidecker. Just a, just a couple of these people, okay? And it's a great, it's a great, great show. Tell me what you think. It's recording right now. This is Wednesday, July 26th when it's coming out. It hits Adult Swim today as of Wednesday, July 26th. And then if you are a Max subscriber, it streams the next day on Max. Again, that's season two of Teenage Euthanasia. Hope you enjoy this interview. Now, as very quickly for a way, as a way to support the show for find your film i have a couple of digital codes of the gerard butler film kandahar this is again last minute if you're listening to this past friday you're too late but i have two digital codes of kandahar courtesy of universal pictures home entertainment to give away by friday july 28th now giveaways are going to be a part of this podcast to promote this podcast as well as my site, findyourfilms.com. I've been thinking about this website and trying to reform it, reshape it for years on end. I mean, 
I remember several years back when I was doing the show on a regular basis with Anderson, this is this being cinematics, I wanted to do a website just called Spoiled Cinema, where we would just have spoiler alerts or spoiler discussions of movies, and I called it Spoiled Cinema, and that was something that actually I wanted to do and I still want to do, and I want to put a lot of that spoiler stuff on the findyourfilms.com site, and favorite movie stuff, I have actors, I have several years of actors and filmmakers talking about their favorite movies, and I still haven't put them on my other website, Deepest Dream, but I'm really wa- I am really want this findyourfilms.com site to go primarily because it's been a dream of mine to help movie fans find movies, shows that are maybe overlooked or hidden or underrated, and maybe we can have a dialogue and share movie recommendations together. So that's one thing I'm trying to actually morph out with this website as well as this podcast. That's why this Teenage Euthanasia, even though it's not a movie, it's a series, but it's really well, I mean, I think it's just, it's worth checking out. It's just a really crazy, cool, sarcastic, existential. It's just a really interesting show. And hopefully you guys get into, get on board with Teenage Euthanasia. If you don't, hit me up. Tell me what you think of this series. Okay, again, Adult Swim Today, Max Tomorrow, and tell me what you think, and love you all. Here is the interview, again, with creators of Teenage Euthanasia, Allison Levy and Alyssa Nutting. If you are a person who does not like your written words to be edited or edited or rewritten, please listen to this interview. This is a great primer or primer on how to actually effectively channel your workflow and write as much as you can because these guys are very inspirational in my opinion they're they're off doing they live on different coasts and they make things work they make things happen even they they're continuing to rewrite during the animatic stage of this series so i just really good stuff all right i'm gonna shut up now here it's the interview with allison levy and Alyssa nutting for teenage euthanasia again kandahar hit me up if you want in on the giveaway um, I, will, I will put the the information on the show notes. All right, guys. Love y'all. Find your film. Bye. Okay. First off, one of my best friends is from Florida. And what I, on a recent Facebook post, and as an Angelino, I did not take offense because it's, it's good to be self-deprecating. He said, keep Californians away from Florida. This is our place. Do you ever feel that Floridians have a protective measure regarding their resp- Obviously, it's big. It's a state. So w- where does that originate from, that kind of protectiveness of that culture? Well, I mean, um, in the pandemic, you know, I can certainly say, and again, like I haven't, um, I... I haven't lived, I haven't been a resident of Florida since 2003, but, um, you know, there, there's been a lot of real estate, you know, being bought up by wealthy people. There has been a kind of, you know, influx of fascism, um, that, you know, as, as a, as a Floridian, um, has, you know, been, uh, yeah, very appalling and, and hurtful to, to see, my Florida, you know, is, is the Florida, Florida man. 
It's, you know, a place where, yeah, your judgment, um, you know, is, is just expected to be, uh, you know, questionable, if not awful. Um, it's a place where you get to, you know, attempt really bad ideas. Um, you know, there are a lot of fireworks, like that's my Florida, you know, um, it's a barefoot Florida. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of like the, the, the parallel universe, um, Florida that, that the show deals in. Allison, for this universe, how did you know that it was going to work? It just, it, I, I just, it's such an original concept that just watching it, it's just, there's so many layers to it. Where does that originate from? And how did you guys just, I, I guess, develop it? Did it take time or was, I, I just don't know where, what's the birth of it? So. I mean, well, it did take time. I mean, we, in 2016, Alyssa and I decided we're going to try to make a half hour animated show. And then we went through many iterations of the show, like honing in on different things, changing the dynamics of the characters, the structure, you know, but it was always set in Florida. It was always set in a funeral home. And it always involved a woman who had committed suicide being brought back to life uh, against her will. Um, So, you know, I, I think we, you know, always had those things in place. And then we've just it really comes from Alyssa and I and our interests. It's, it's very easy for us to come up with ideas for it. It really is, it can hold all of our bizarre thoughts and um, things we think are funny or things that just interest us. And I mean, it, it's, it's really a, a personal exploration for us of the kind of show we always wanted to see and always wanted to make. Um yeah. The humor is not for everybody. It's for me. But I was just <laughs> wondering, both of you, where did you both find the courage as far as the way you, you guys approach comedy and writing? Where it's just, is it kind of like life is too short? It's, we shouldn't really censor ourselves. We're, we're writing for ourselves and for the people who are on our wavelength as opposed to being this populist kind of thing. Because most people want to go that safe route and you guys don't, which I, I pretty much applaud and, and enjoy. So. Well, believe it or not, we actually thought at first that this was for, we didn't understand because we're just our own thing. So we were trying, like we set out like, oh, we're going to make our version of Bob's Burgers. And yeah, no, that we didn't realize like, you know, we, we the bar is set to a very confusing height or maybe there isn't a bar. But yes, the more we just make the show, we just lean and trust our own instincts of what, I don't, we couldn't really make a different show. This is this is truly where we are at, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Unless after watching a bunch of these episodes, I, I'm going to go on Amazon. I'm going to purchase Tampa and I, I can't wait to read it. And just your, your origins as a writer as well. Does it, did it always come from this passionate, really singular space as opposed to copying people's styles or placating um, the stories to a broad audience, which. Yeah. I mean, I really, you know, one of the things I love about the four kind of core characters is that they are all you know, outsiders, um, in, in different ways, um, you know, for who they are and their kind of like age group, um, you know, they are, um, you know, emotionally stunted or, you know, immature or dangerous <laughs> or, um, you know, uh, a loser, um, and, you know, just kind of like growing, 
up, I never really felt like, um, you know, mainstream or popular like paths or avenues were really open to me. Um, you know, I, I understood that like that wasn't where I was going to find where I was looking for, you know, like, like that, that wasn't what like spoke to me. Um, you know, I, 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 to me, um, you know, some of like the delight of, of art is extremity, you know, um, that's also what I admire, you know, so much about, um, the, uh, the more goblin core areas of Florida. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, getting to sort of do a show like this, that, that doesn't, you know, have to, cater, you know, sort of to, um, to broad interests is I think such a privilege. I think this, this uh, series has a lot of heart too, just like when you go beneath the surface, I can both of you relate to Annie because in high school now, even in my fifties, I relate to her. I can't party for a thousand hours or 10 (laughs) minutes. Can you guys speak to that fact? And I'm sure have you have people who love your show say, Hey, I'm, I'm basically Annie. Have you, and how great does that feel? That kind of dialogue? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, in that episode is that episode of television is one of the most personal things I've ever written in my life. Um, I actually was a high school partier, um, and have a, my teenage daughter like bear, doesn't like to go out much. And so I've spent the last couple of years berating her into trying to go out. And so that episode sort of stemmed from my insane, um, trophy like um experience but i feel like there's all of the characters all four are in Alyssa and i in some way or another and there's little bits because i also really feel like a baba and 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 i really identify with her and and then uh, sometimes we write pete and we we think about uh, i have a little black pomeranian that like his life like rises and sets to me. And I, sometimes when I'm trying to figure out what Pete might say, I try to think about what my Pomeranian might say. Um, <laughs> and it's helpful. Yeah. Is it okay? I mean, this is another uh, theme, but look, when I was growing up, I, I'm, I still live with my mother. Okay. In the Valley, I'm very close to her, but it, when we were growing up, that would be considered like Norman Batesian. Can you speak to the fact that your show also speaks to the fact that it's okay to be really close, abnormally be close to your family member, and it's okay to shield all that love with sarcasm and wit and all that stuff? Can you? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Pete is uh, obsessed with Baba. You know, I mean, I think like, at, you know, in in most compelling, you know, drama stories, you have an anxiously attached, you know, person and a avoidantly attached person. Um, And Pete is very anxious and Baba is very avoidant and Annie is very anxious and, you know, Trophy is very avoidant. And it really, you know, sort of just like allows all of these like highs and lows, you know, and like pursuit and chase, um, you know, and even sometimes like really touching role reversals, you know, in those relationships to occur. Um, but, but absolutely. I mean, I think like one of the themes of the show um, that is just kind of like in the atmosphere is, you know, that like we need to take 
comfort, you know, uh, to take shelter, to survive how, however, and wherever we can. And you really can't escape your family, you know, like whether or not you live with them, like these are, you know, the ghosts that are in your DNA, you know, like this, this is a haunting that's going to take place whether or not, you know, you, you are dwelling in the same home. And my my final question is there for both of you, is there sort of an unlock on a daily basis as far as your your writing flow, or does it depend on a different day as far as what's the key to successful writing and putting not just out of the series, but just writing on a day-to-day basis? For us, it's like rewriting. We do a lot of rewriting. Um, we do very little talking um, and a lot of passing. Well, Alyssa lives in Los Angeles and I live in New York, so we're rarely in the same space, but we really do very well with like she'll write overnight and then because she's in LA and up late and then she'll get it to me by like six in the morning and then I, I'm a morning person so and she's a night person and there is the occasion we're texting at like in the middle of the night her time and early early morning my time but and then we just keep writing and we keep writing all the way through the you know the writing period then all the way through animatics, we're constantly tweaking lines um, and then even into animation we'll change things we're just always um there's nothing as precious and nothing is perfect and something could always be better and either it's something one of the actors says or just something that comes up over time or something that gets cut that we then think of something else but yeah it's it's just like it's a it's a really open-ended process that doesn't end till the mix and uh that's you know how we kind of like doing it have you both noticed um, or just witnessed other writers that are very talented that maybe their stumbling stumbling block is they don't allow themselves to be rewritten or their words are too precious or they're wedded to their ideas? Um, have you come across writers who just say, wow, they're so much even better than me, but if they just let go of this block, have you guys ever, is that, you know, witnessed that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People don't, a lot of people don't want to touch something when it's done or... Or in TV, they have a very hard time. Like if you have to cut something, because now with streaming, it can be any length. But back in the day, like things had to be like 22 point whatever seconds. And some people have a very time hard time cutting things. I'm always like, I actually gives me joy. I love when we remove something. I, I just, I don't know. I like the constant changing. But yes, I'd say most of the people I've worked with in the past are reluctant once something is written to change it. Yeah. And finally, before you go, uh, Allison and I know, Alyssa, that being a morning person me- actually means you're a human being. Where do where do night people come from? How come they, <laughs> when it's at night, they can actually, their brain opens up. Where does that come from, please? I, cause I, I don't know what that is, so... Oh, no, I mean, I'm so jealous of you, you know, like, things are really stacked against us, you know, let me just say as a night person, you know, like we associate like, you know, early rising with like all the good things, you know, we associate staying up late, you know, with like all of the personality, you know, and willpower failures. Um, But I mean, that is just when the universe speaks to me. Um, yeah. And in the morning, um, you know, yeah. Pretend I'm dead. Thank you guys so much for your time. Really love the show. Uh, oh, great, you. great job. Thank okay. you. Thank you.